With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now on SEN around Australia. It's footy fallout with Tim Gossage. That it is on a Sunday night. Thanks for your company. A fortnight ago, I stated the premiership race was down to three, Melbourne, Collingwood and Brisbane. It was a declaration which certainly stirred up a hornet's nest, or should that be caused a bit of a catfight amongst those at Geelong? I left Geelong out of that premiership race, and the pylon was solid and sustained. I'm going to stick to my original statement I do believe the premiership race is down to three after nine rounds. Melbourne, Collingwood on top tonight and Brisbane. Bulldogs, Ports, maybe the Cats and our Frio working their way into contention. And did we write Richmond off too soon? A Gold Coast, the best of the next group. And are they a chance to snatch a top eight spot? And on the flip side, what's happened to Carlton? Sydney looks spent. And let's go all the way to the very bottom. Next Saturday in Tassie, York Park, Utah Stadium, It wouldn't want to rain or be really, really cold or even possibly snow because it is 17th v 18th. And 3,722 is the smallest crowd since 1977 and take out the COVID years at that venue, 3,722. And next week, Hawthorne and West Coast play. 17th v 18th, the Harley Reid Cup. That's what they're calling it. That's what they've called it for a while. Whoever finishes last, they reckon they get their hands on the next big thing, Harley Reid, who suffered concussion yesterday playing for the AFL Academy team against the Carlton Rezies. More on that a little later. We're going to check in with Tarkin Lockyer, the coach of the Academy, and get an update on Harley Reid. But I want to start with the big American, the star of 60 Minutes, and what he did today he was a giant amongst GWS. So side bottom, directing traffic with that right hand. Kicks Cox, it inside, 50. Cox in from the side, in between Perryman and also Brown. So Cox just inside, 50. In fact, right on the arc, virtually directly in front. He's given it a massive roost. Elliot just staggers in. He's going to chip it up to the square. Cox Mason is there. Cox. Cox is there and grabs it out of thin air. Oh, 20 hey. metres out, Cox to the punt road end and just chips it through for his second. He was dominant today. I'll put it out there. Is he fast becoming one of the best big men in the game? A lot of people thought it was clickbait or I wasn't being serious. Well, I am being serious. I don't think there's too many ruckmen that move like him. He's actually got... And I know he's not as good and probably never will be, but he's actually got the move similar to that of Dean Cox. He's got agility. He's got good lateral movement. He plays blokes on a break. He's got a touch of arrogance. He can kick a long ball. He took contested marks today. He probably will get the three Brownlow votes today unless their umpires are caught up in the Nick Focus, Nick Dacos focus and maybe even Jordan Degoe. This was Mason Cox post-match 
on the ground after his dominant performance. How are you feeling physically? Are you back to the peak of your powers? Obviously, you had the dramas with the internal bleeding earlier in the year. Do you feel back to 100%? Yeah, back to 100%. I never really felt too out of it, really. I'm just playing a bit more rock time, so it's a bit different, I guess, as far as game time in different positions. But uh, hopefully, Darcy Cameron comes back in the next couple of weeks or next week, and uh, we can kind of start sharing that load again. But, uh, no, it's really good. I'm enjoying it, and um, it's amazing what Craig's been able to build here, and um, I'm just really enjoying it. Are you feeling that added responsibility, given that the big man stocks have been heavily hit this year? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just, you know, one, if one person gets injured, we, we talk about it all the time, next man up. And um, there's a lot of guys, I mean, Reef played today, he's been going through the VFL, and he's, he's next man up this week. And it's just um, it's a credit to the program, what they've been able to put together to, to always have someone ready to go for the AFL level. Milestone game is looming. You've got your 100. Oh! <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it, but we know that your family was going to come out here for Anzac Day. Are they headed out here anytime soon, or are they going to wait for, like, later in the year? Uh, they're talking about next week. Um, this is... Happy Mother's Day, by the way, Mom. I know you're watching back home in Dallas. Uh, I know it's about 4 a.m. We probably just turned Mother's Day. But I love your time. You've done so much for us and the boys. And i um, super grateful to have you as a mother. So hope today is a, a, an amazing one. Hopefully I can see you next week. Well, I'm sure you've gotten off her uh, Mother's Day off to a brilliant start with that performance. We talk about Collingwood and the big games you get to play week after week, it seems. And next week you've got the challenge of Carlton here at the MCG. What thrill is it to be able to play in front of packed houses at the MCG week after week? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think you'd ever be able to say probably five, ten years ago you'd be hearing a USA chant around like 70, 80,000 people, but here we are. But um, it's amazing. The Magpie Army, like, we talk about it all the time. They're just, you know, there are, what is it, how many guys are on the field? There's 18, so 19th person. And um, it's just, I don't know, like, it's it, not many people get to experience this, I think. And it's it's one of the reasons I came to such a big club, to be able to get the energy that does come from a massive MCG that's just a sold-out crowd. And, and next week will be that. So it's going to be um, it's gonna be a great day. Obviously, it's a massive rivalry with Carlton. And, um, you know, it's one you always kind of circle on the calendar. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a massive one. So come out, buy a ticket, wherever it is, if there's any left. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Now, we're just going to end on a little stat for you. You did spend the final moments of that game on the bench, which is understandable given that the dramas with the big men at the moment. But you were two points off your PB for uh, AFL rankings in terms of champion data. So it puts it right up there with your best ever performances. Look, my PB's on... AFL rankings have been... I'm not going to cross on here, but it's terrible. I wouldn't bet on me in a, a million years because I'm not the uh, I'm not a statistics kind of guy. Um, but, yeah, I have no idea even what that means. I have no idea what that consists of. I'm still learning that. Um, the betting side of things, I've got no idea. But, uh, yeah, I guess it means I played an OK game. <laughs> He certainly did. He was significant in today's win. A lot of people saying, oh, he played on Matt Flynn. He played against the GWS Giants. But he was playing against men. He still was playing against men. And he was coming off a, a long-term injury. And many believe he'll be shunted out the way when Darcy Cameron comes back. Whatever that will be. But his performance today should not be underestimated. This is a man who is creating his own journey in football. And I thought he was absolutely superb today. And I look forward to seeing more of it. I like his arrogance. I like his standover tactics. And I like his confidence in whatever way he delivers it. Your thoughts, give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or even text us 0433981116. It is a footy fallout. Let's take a couple of calls. Braden has been waiting patiently. He's in Ballarat. G'day, Braden. Hey, g'day, mate. How you going? Good, thanks. I'd just like to say we're best with Cox in the team. 
Um, I've just got a quick query here. I saw, I've just looked at uh, Nick Dacos' stats on the AFL app mm-hmm. uh, post-game, and he's had 41 disposals. And then you look at his contested possessions as 10, and his uncontested possessions as 26. Have you got any answers to what that five disposal um, deficiency is, the gap? It's a very good question. Uh, someone was telling me that the AFL stats are different on kick-ins. The, the, the kick-in, where does the kick-in count? Um, I had this someone someone raised it. It's a very good question. And one of our avid listeners, if you keep listening, Braden, I reckon one of our listeners will know exactly what the answer is. It's something to do whether it was deemed... Uh, so you run, So I've got the stats in front of me, and I've got him down for 37. I've got him down for 37. You say he got 41. Um, yeah, yeah. So I got him, Yeah, I got him down for thirty-seven in mine. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to get clarity on that, and I'll get an answer for you. Keep listening. I'm going to chase it up pretty soon as well. But I know that there's a lot of people who do have this in their back of their mind when they go the difference between the AFL stats and fantasy stats and and um, contested ball and kick-ins. They're all there's something intertwined inside champion data, which there's an anomaly for you and me. And the numbers don't add up half the time. But I'm onto it. So stay with us and thank you for calling. There's Braden from Ballarat. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. AFL website says 41, 18 kicks, 23 handballs. And then I'm looking at stat leaders because I look at stat leaders for stat stuffers and they tell us 37. So um, a bit to play out there. We'll, uh, we'll get onto that in a brief moment. I'll just um, – let me have a clip that up. Yep. Still only got 37 on mine. So anyway – Let's have a – we'll keep an eye on that one. Hey, Michael's in Reservoir. G'day, Michael. You want to talk about Port who won six in a row? Yeah, um, Tim, um, last year I was saying, you know, can't wait to get rid of Hinkley, but it seems like the players are playing for Hinkley. Um, a couple more things. Um, Zach Butters in rip and form, yep. and I think it's going to make it tough for us, but we seem to be finding the other avenues for goals, but um, having Dixon and uh, Marshall out, going to make it a bit tough. Uh, yeah, you're true. And Marshall didn't play at all virtually in the game the other night. Um, you'll find a way. And you've also got Georgiades, who's got an injury as well. He's out for the year as well, even though he's probably not your key forward. But yeah. he certainly does provide you some forward power in the absence of those two. You're right. That could be your downfall. Uh, look, I genuinely, genuinely think to myself that Port are not a premiership contender this year anyway. I think they're playing good footy. Yeah. They've won six. But I... I just think uh, the question would be asked, Michael, and I know you're a passionate Port man, but I keep reading everywhere that Ken Hinckley will coach next year, but not necessarily at Port. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Where do you think he'll end up? Um, I'm, I'm not um, sure. They're, they're suggesting Gold Coast, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not convinced it's that. I mean, Stuart Jew's got a two-year yeah. deal. He's just signed it. They were very good. But I saw if we did, yep. if we did lose Henkley, I mean, who's who are we going to be looking at? I I don't think there's many um coaches out there. What about throwing this up as a cone? This is certainly not trying to uh, create a headline, but we're just saying this off the top of our head. What about a straight swap? Ken Hinkley to Richmond, Damien Hardwick to Port Adelaide. Well, he's an ex-player. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, maybe, but, you know, Richmond are coming good, you know what I mean? It, you know, we're throwing all these curveballs up, but then teams start to win again, you know what I mean? 
Oh, like, yeah, you no know, doubt. Gold Coast won. Everyone was saying, you know, their coach is probably on the way out. So every time we seem to bag something, they seem to get a win. And, yeah, then people have a different thought altogether. Yeah, very... But that's the good thing about football, um, though, Tim. Yeah, it you is. You know what I mean? We throw up these hypotheticals and, you know, we get a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah, we do. Uh, I don't get much wrong, but uh, but I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Michael, yes, thank you. Michael is there. Um, there's one text in. It says, do you have to leave the square for a kick-in to count as a kick? I think you do. Well, you do. In the old days, you stayed, a kick-in was never counted. But once you step outside the square, it is. I, don't, I didn't see much of his kicking out for today. Collingwood fans might be. Let's go to Paul from Springvale. He's a Pies fan. I want to get to him first. Not too sure what he's going to tell us about, but he might have an answer for us. Good day, Paul. Good day, mate. I just wonder who just as good as 2010 with all the boys we got. Mm. Mm, very good. Very good team, this. Very good team. And a bit of depth and blokes who aren't getting games. You've got a, you know, you've got well-led. You've got a happy coach. You've got a very good captain. You've got a, you know, a, a mix of brilliance in the midfield and hard workers around the ground. You've got firepower up forward. I didn't think you'd deliver the type of year that you're delivering, but... Um, they're the real deal, and I think it is down to a, a race in three. I, I certainly think Melbourne and Collingwood are the best two Victorian teams by a long way, and then I think I do think Brisbane are going to have a, a massive advantage being the top interstate team. I think they're going to be a standout. And, yeah. And, and can I also say sure. why Rich McGuinness isn't playing a lot more? Uh, it's just he doesn't have a spot, and I think he's you know I think he, the fact is he played. He I'm came just on. saying, you know. Yep. I'm just saying that they they're all playing really well, but. Uh, I just think he, what he does, he does it well when he even comes on. Yeah. But, you know, you just got to know your role. He's a young man going through the early stages of a career. And, uh, hey, if I was in the 23 at Collingwood, I'd just be hanging on for grim death because his opportunities are going to come. It's a good call. Thanks, Paul. Alex is in Northlake over in WA. Alex wants to talk about umpires. He was at the Eagles game the other night. Uh, well done to you for rocking up to that game, uh, Alex, first and foremost. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, g'day, Gus. Um yeah, I normally sit in the bleachers on a fifth level. Yep. Um, dead sit in the middle of, of the wing. Yep. But on Friday, I had the opportunity to sit behind the plank post, five rows in from the uh, the fence. Mm-hmm. And an entirely different view of the game. Right. Holding, blocking, blatant pushing in the back was absolutely rife. Unbelievable. You just, I could, I think it's belief. Mm. Jack Darling was obviously targeted by the Suns as a, as a potential threat. So he was given extra treatment. He should have got at least six free kicks and kicked at least six goals, but he got nothing. I couldn't believe it because the umpires were less than twenty metres from the from the action. Yeah, look, and they didn't call any of the free kicks. Yeah, Jack's his own worst enemy at times. Thank you, Alex. Look, 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 look I, I see you see a lot of things when you're watching a game, and you can blame umpires. And I think you, Alex, you're a wonderful supporter of this network, but you do go, I think to the football to try and find fault in the umpires. I don't. you know, And they, do, they don't have good games. And there's a lot of them that don't have good games. And I saw some umpiring the other night. I agree with you. There are times I go, wow. But I look at – if I had to say who who gets the hardest run from an umpire in the game today, it would be Buddy Franklin. That I have no doubt about that. And, 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 and I will declare I'm a, an unabashed Buddy fan, but he does not get any of the 50-50 balls. He just doesn't. It's almost like he has to get the 70-30 call if there's ever a 50-50, if that makes sense. He is always on the negative side of 50-50. It's almost like he he gets he needs to get a 70% guaranteed free kick 
before the umpire actually gives him a free kick. Others, I don't think. I don't think Toby Green and and I and I know people are going to say to me, players make their own bed and they're going to lie in it. Ginnivan's another one. Toby Green is another one. I'll make it straight to the point. They did milk for free kicks and they pushed the boundaries a lot. But hey, if a free kick's there, give them the free kick. The rules are the rules, and I think Darling creates his own monster. By the way, he doesn't try and get separation. He tries to lean into the opposition and he feigns for free kicks. And I reckon umpires have had a gut full of that type of stuff. And I don't reckon Buddy does feign for free kicks. I reckon Buddy actually just tries to get in front and blokes maul him. They get under his arm and they make life difficult. I think Buddy Franklin gets a rough end of the pineapple. He's almost at the end of his career. And I, I saw signs the other night against Fremantle, the other day against Fremantle, that I think the end's coming pretty quick for Buddy. He made some poor decisions. He didn't play well. Um, but he's in a team that's struggling at the moment. Um, let's go to Matt from Sunbury. He wants to have a quick chat and we'll get a breakaway. Still to come, Tarkin Lockyer is going to give us an update on Harley Reid, of course. He's going to be the number one pick. G'day, Matt from Sunbury. How's it going, Sausage? Really well, Matty, really well. That's good. Um, yeah, I just want to have a chat about the pies. Yeah, why not? Going all right, eh? Oh, super. Love it. Love, yeah. love the pies. Almost like the flags in our hands. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> no, I'm having no, a no. joke, but I'm. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a few good players out there. We've got like a, almost a 30 man list. Yeah, and that's the massive advantage. That's your huge advantage you're going to have. You've got a lot of blokes. So, um, in fact, I'll, I'll go to your Carlton. So, your, your VFL team who played uh, earlier today against GWS. Yep. So, you had. Yep. Um, you had Josh Carmichael had a big day there. Uh, Will Kelly, uh, Ed Allen's a good player, Tom Wilson, uh, Finn McRae, Trent Brianko. You've got a lot of guys in that squad who, who are not uh, – uh, Nathan Kruger played. You know, he's got to get to the start line and get through. There's a bit to like about your list, I agree. Uh, and the thing is, you know, the fact is that, that your key components are all fit. Your forwards, your key yeah. defensive positions and your midfielders are all fit. And a lot of teams don't boast that. And there's also a few boys coming back off the injury list, which will be key parts. 100%. And your coach is a genius. Your coach is an absolute oh, yeah. genius. Yeah. All right, it's good talking to you. Hey, good on you, mate. Matty from Sunbury. I like the call. Thank you. 1-300-736-736. Keep the calls coming. Uh, need to be patient if you want to get through. Uh, Dario says, what about Jack Ginevan? I said it. I mentioned him. Uh, Carmichael, unlucky not to be getting a game at the Pies, dominating the VFL from Paul. Yeah, Paul. So we go back through his stats. <clears throat> As I said, he played. He played today the early game. What did he have today? Twenty-eight disposals, five clearances. Lot, the Magpies lost to GWS today in the VFL, but that's a pretty good day. Bianco had a goal and twenty-two. Tom Wilson ran hard all day. Thirteen possessions, six marks, and a goal. Will Kelly had seventeen. Ed Allen had nine. Rookie Aiden Begg was busy, 15 touches. Kruger was quite one goal, just had the five disposals. Mark says, I'm the best. I know, Mark. Thank you. Uh, we'll get a breakaway and come back. Not too far away, Mark McClure is going to join us too. We're going to talk a bit about uh, the action and cover off the round. Your calls, your texts. I've got it down to three. I'll, us, I'll back myself in again. I do believe it is Collingwood, Melbourne and Brisbane, and you can write the rest up. Are the Tigers coming? Where is Geelong? Sydney are gone. Carlton are gone. St Kilda, did we see a real shaky performance today? 
And Hawthorne and West Coast are at the bottom. The loser, well, they basically get Harley Reid on their list next year. It is footy fallout. Give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You drive the agenda. 433 98 11 16. Can we please get all the mums to join the... gesture by the Collingwood captain Darcy Moore to get the mums in on Mother's Day after they thumped GWS by 65 points. The other result today, Adelaide by 52 over St Kilda. Mark McClure was at the MCG and saw the Pies dismantle the Giants. Did you ever sing the uh, Mother's Day anthem with your, with your teammates? Uh, Mark, appreciate your time. No, nah, i never done that before in my life, but I thought it was a really good gesture. Yeah, it certainly was. It was fantastic. Yeah, a lot of feedback on that one. I loved it. Mate, are we down to three? Are we down to three already, nine games in, Collingwood, Melbourne and Brisbane? How do you see the Premiership race? I know we've got a long way to go and a lot can unfold. What's your thoughts? I think Geelong can win. There's no doubt that Geelong have got the, the, the uh, credentials to, to win the Premiership again. Um, the last year's winners and... Uh, so to that, and then and there might be a little bit of Port Adelaide around the place too, mm. and Adelaide. I think Adelaide are pretty damn good as well. Um, knocking off St Kilda this morning, and so don't, I don't know some of these sides. The second half of the year gets tough, lots of injuries, uh, warning out a bit, uh, people fall apart. But uh, I, look, I think there's a, it's an open book. Uh, Collingwood, they have all they have all lines covered, don't they? They've got goal kicking for power. They've got the midfield. They've got zing from the back line. They've got yeah. key position players. Yeah. They're the full article, aren't they? Oh, I think I think that they're really good, and I love how they how Craig McRae coaches. It's all about you know take a risk, have a crack. Let's go. I'm not going to bag you for it. Let's let's have a go and bang. And then then you just you go about it and you do it, and he doesn't doesn't do anything wrong, so go again. Have another go. I love what they do. They push the ball forward. They run in numbers. Numbers, and that, that overcame GWS. They were gone in the first 10 minutes of the game. game was over, uh, really, and uh, today. So the way they play is is great to watch, you know, as much as it, it uh, makes me sick to, to talk about the pies and say how good are they, but they are superb. I love how they go. Okay, let's flip it around, and I didn't get you on to talk all about Carlton, but what's your thought processes on your old mob? What's happened there? Uh, oh, they're not tough enough, to what I see. We had, that game was well in our, our grass last night uh, against the, the doggies, mm-hmm. and then they just couldn't they couldn't pick the ball up. They fumbled. They made mistakes. Ooh. They made mistakes in a whole lot of stuff, so the big thing for me is that they need to toughen up a bit and uh, get themselves back in the game because they got themselves in the game pretty well last night. They got back in the game and then they just got overrun. Um, doggies are okay, but they're not the greatest side in the team in the, in the competition. But we've got a couple of little flaws with uh, with a bit of character, I think, that uh, we need to remove and move on. I'm not going to tell you who they are, mm-hmm. but I would say I'm, I, that you know there's two or three of them there that they could change. 
Yeah, four of their last five they've lost. I mean, they, we all talk about yeah. their firepower, you know, Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow, and yeah. wouldn't every team love to have them? But that, they're actually not a very high-scoring team. No, they're terrible. They've kicked 58 points in a, in a draw. They've kicked 62. They've kicked a 60. They've, you know, they're, they're just... At the moment, they had trouble moving the ball from back to front. They've had a lot of trouble trying to do that. Mm. Uh, and then scoring. So, you know, Harry doesn't know if he wants to do a banana kick or a drop punt or a <laughs> torpedo. I don't know what he's doing. But <laughs> seriously, he doesn't know what he's doing. Seriously. What has happened? They're, they're, what has happened to kicking for goal? I don't know. No, oh, look. A lot of people love that little hook, hook kick, Do they? and they and they practice it all their all their all they like. But you got to settle on one. You can't have three or four in your kit bag and think oh, I'm going to pull this one off now and then pull that one off next time and then do this one another time. It's just it's just you, you've got to have a you know a, I don't know a balance of what you're doing and make certain that you you give yourself the best chance to score. That's the key. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, the scoring's been pretty poor for us. Very much so. SEN's Mark well McClure. Known. Yes, SEN's Mark McClure is online. Uh, are Sydney gone? I was expecting big things from Sydney. They've won. They've. They, oh they, yeah, they are, they are. They are really. Thank God they played North Melbourne this week. Nah, they're done. They're done. They're gone. And uh, I play North Melbourne, but you know, North might even give them a, give them a run. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, they might. You never know what happens there because uh, Clark has, has his ways of trying to uh, empower people and do things with stuff. So uh, I look, I think they'll beat they'll beat North, but gee whiz, they're not they're not in the shape to play in a grand final again. No, they're not. Hey, three thousand seven hundred and change is the smallest crowd down in Tassie many years ago. Um, it is West Coast and Hawthorne there next week, seventeenth uh, yeah. through eighteenth. Um, Close the gate, they say. Close the gate. <laughs> Lock them in, baby. Lock them in. Uh, Harley Reid is a name. I don't know if you know much about him. Uh, we're speaking to Tarkin Lockie from the him. AFL Academy. Got knocked out yesterday. Um, yeah. He's recovering from concussion. Yeah. But they all reckon he will be the number one pick. So almost like there'll be some relief for the loser. Albeit uh, wooden spoon and get all that sort of stuff with you. But you do get first dibs on Harley Reid. And everyone oh. believes he's a standout. Is that right? Uh, well, I, I, well, let me tell you, draft picks are, uh, are hard to get, and the best ones are very hard to get. So if it falls into your, into your lap, you might as well take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can suffer another year, I mean, North might be able to pick that up. Uh, Hawthorne will pick that up, of course. Hawthorne have got some good tall players and forwards. Uh, so I think that uh, maybe they might get them. Mm. West Coast are in a rebuild. Hawthorne's in a rebuild. North's in a rebuild. West Coast are in a rebuild, all right. <laughs> and so is Western Australia in a rebuild, aren't they? Hey, 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 hey. Hang on, you're a West Australian. Hey, 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 people, yourself. People, people forget you're that. You're both in a rebuild. People forget what? you're a West Australian. I am a West Australian. Oh, I know you are, but people don't know I that. I know that. People don't know that. From, from... Well, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all of a sudden you've dissed us. You've disowned us. Ah, uh, very cool. Uh, so, in in simple terms, hey, what we do with our guest, our SEN guest, is go to next week's games. Yeah. I know you're driving, so be careful. But um, I do. I, am. I need to give you. I need to get your tips for next week's game, and you get no time to think about it. So it's straight off the top of your head. Okay, so you right. probably haven't even looked this far forward, but that's up the top. No. But people like to get the early mail. Friday, Friday night footy at Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide host Melbourne. Big game, massive game. Friday night, Port Adelaide, Adelaide, Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. Well, they got a chance. Okay, they got a chance, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Port, they've played pretty damn well. So 
uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I like the way they move the ball and do all those sorts of things. But Melbourne are not an easy task. Uh, so I, I, I'll see. This will be a good test. We'll find out about them. That's a good test. So I, did... I can't tell. I'll say Melbourne. There you go. That's all I need. That's all I need. Right out. Uh, Saturday, North Melbourne. Melbourne. North Melbourne hosts at Marvel. They host Sydney, and we've just spoken about that. You can't. Oh, you, you, yeah, you can't not. You can't tip North Melbourne. No, you can't tip north. I'll, I'll go Sydney. Uh, Mars Stadium. That's Ballarat, isn't it? Gee, that'll be nice and cold next week. Mars, yeah, that'll be cool there. Oh, <laughs> taking on the Crows. Good game, that. That's a good game, Western Bulldogs and Crows. Who plays on... Who plays on... Who plays the Crows and who? Doggies. Yeah, Mars. Is it Crows and what? Yeah, Bulldogs. Oh, Bulldogs? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the Bulldogs were pretty tough the other night. They were pretty good. Yeah. But I like the Crows too. I th- I'll go Crows. Okay. Fremantle at Optus next Saturday host Geelong. Can Geelong bounce back? Fremantle are starting to get their mojo. Let me tell you, if they beat Geelong, I'll bear my backside in the Myers window. There you go. Have we got that on tape? You got me? Yeah, no. 100, <laughs> hey, 100%, 100% sellers, we've got you. Don't you worry about that. Rightio. That's next Saturday afternoon, mate. I'll, uh, we'll make arrangements. Uh, the Saturday night at the Gabba. Hope there's no injuries. I would love Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins to pull out and stay home. I really would. All righty. Brisbane at the Gabba <laughs> against the Gold Coast. I saw the Gold Coast Suns and they beat a lame West Coast, but they do play with yeah. some verve. They probably can't beat Brisbane on sheer talent, but they could actually beat them with pace at times through the middle. It could be a lot closer than what the market suggests. I love how they're playing. I love that they're starting to come as a side. I love that Stewie Jew's done a really good job with them and making them, you know, beat a couple of sides. They beat Geelong. They they almost beat Melbourne. They should have beaten Melbourne uh, two weeks ago. I mean, they're, they're they're knocking over the big sides all over the joint, you know. So I'm, I'm actually very proud of them, but they're not going to beat Brisbane. Okay, fair call. Uh, and then we've got Essendon under lights, MCG against Richmond. I'll go Essendon. Ooh, yeah, it's a tight one. It's an even money game, no doubt. Sunday. Yeah, even money game. I think it's... Uh, yeah, keep going. So the Tigers aren't that flash, you know. No. They just... They, they were pretty good the other night, but but uh, the opposition were poor. Mm. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Essendon. Hawthorne are going to start... Long odds on favourites to beat West Coast in Tassie next Sunday morning. I tell you, that, <laughs> <laughs> if you can pick a winner out of those two, can you, why don't you have a crack? Tell me. Oh, Hawthorne will win, but I wouldn't be wanting to take a dollar thirty. You reckon? Them. Yeah, but they, you wouldn't want to take a dollar thirty. West Coast are gone, mate. They are. They got so, so many far. injuries. They're done. They got eighteen injuries, haven't they? Oh, mate, and some because Jack Darling's broken his arm as well now. Oh, wow. So they've got more. So they can't win. No, no. they can't win. Carlton take, on, hey, Carlton take on Collingwood. Oh, you wouldn't want to be a Carlton fan. Yeah. MCG next Sunday. You wouldn't want to be. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no. Hey, let, let me tell you, there's been a lot of lot of, lot of uh, games against each other. I think we've played 100, and, 100 or 200 times in the, in the history of the game. There's only four or five difference in that. It's amazing uh, uh, sort of... Uh, Rivalry when you mm. think about it, massive rivalry. It's been the MCG, and they will get ninety five thousand there yeah. Sunday afternoon. It'll no be doubt huge. in my mind. Nah, huge, huge. And I, let me tell you, and Collingwood are playing much better for you than what we are. Yeah. But that doesn't make any difference in this sort of thing. I, I, I look, 
<laughs> if I'm going to go down, I might as well go down with my troops. That'll do. I'll go the blues. <laughs> All right. But I think I'll go down, but it doesn't matter. All right. I reckon you can go down. If you go, if if Collingwood win and you, you, you're tipping your mob, and that's right for within your rights, if, um, uh, what did we say? If Geelong, so if Geelong beat, if Geelong lose to Frio and you're going to bear your backside in mm. Meyer, you can do so wearing mm-hmm. a Collingwood jumper if Collingwood beat Carlton. You can get the daily double. How are you going with that? Mate, they could all have the flu and beat them. I'm telling you, all of them. They're yes. not very good. Frio aren't oh, very they, good. You know, they they, they flog Sydney in Sydney. Flogged them. But they're, but they're ordinary. Yeah, I know they are. But Everyone boots them. Yeah, uh, still a big win. That was still a big win. They're coming. Don't worry. Uh, G, I don't vote for them. I'm just thinking they're coming. Where are they coming from? Uh, from a low base. Now, St Kilda... <laughs> St Kilda are going to Giants Stadium yeah, next week. Now, you just saw the Giants. St Kilda, yeah. they might have their skates, so they might just start to get a little bit wobbly, yeah. the Saints now. This is an even-money game too. Okay, I'm going to double up on the on the Myers thing. <laughs> what are you going for? I'm going for... Mate, you can't... St Kilda. GWS. You know, I, look, I, I, I like that, that, that they've got two... Two uh, sides in Sydney, but seriously, there's only one side that gets all the, all the kudos and all that sort of stuff, and that's Sydney itself. Sydney. So, but and it's like them playing a dandenong. You know, if we had an, uh, another side, a Melbourne side, and we put it out a dandenong, how do you reckon that'd go? Yeah, not good. That's what it is. See, that's the difference, and yeah, that's why the they're a little down. I agree. I, I, I agree. They're in the you're wrong, in the wrong spot. spot. Yeah. We all understand that, yeah. and you understand that too. Yeah, I do. Send them to walk. You know, so. Yeah, well, I thought Canberra. I agree. I thought Canberra might I be a go. I agree. Canberra would be a go. They get yeah. good crowds at Canberra. Yeah, I think it'd be a good go. Yeah, they would, you'd, actually, they'd love to have it. All right, good. good so to anyway, chat. I thought that'd be a bit. Is that all you got for no, me? That's all I got for you, mate. We've got ad breaks here. You know what SEN is. Is it Mastermind? This is it. <laughs> is this a version of Mastermind or, or, we, we or Dimwits? Oh no, you wait till the callers start ringing. You'll get that covered off. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Hey, good on you, Sellers. Good to chat. Good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Good on you, mate. Mark McClure. Absolutely love chatting to him. And for those who don't know, he's from the same country town as yours, truly. He's from Bunbury. He's a Bunbury boy. And he's a good man. Maya, I'm sure it's closed down. Big Roo. There it is there. Mark McClure. Love his honesty. Lots of love for him on the text line. Love Mark McClure. Calls a spade a spade. He does. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 98 We're going to get a breakaway comeback. Not too far away. Tark and Lockie is going to join us. Harley Reid got concussed yesterday. He's the big name that everyone's talking about going number one. Got concussed playing for the academy against the VFL reserves of Carlton. Uh, and interesting... I heard a whisper about them. What song did they boys sing when they, they beat Carlton Reserves yesterday? Hopefully Tark and Lockie has got the answer. If anyone wants to have a guess, what song did the AFL Academy sing when they upset the VFL Carlton Reserves yesterday? Try your luck. See how you go. 0433981116. I'll put that question to Tark and Lockie shortly. 0433981116. This is footy fallout. On a Sunday night, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Winners today, Collingwood over GWS and Adelaide over the Saints. Live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. The latter after nine games. Collingwood a game clear on 32. Three teams on 28 in order. Melbourne on 28, Brisbane 28, Port Adelaide 28. St Kilda a fifth on 24, Bulldogs sixth on 24. Seventh on 20, Geelong. 
eighth on 20, Adelaide. Out of the top eight. Ninth, Carlton on 18. Tenth, Essendon, 16. Suns, 11th, 16. Fremantle with a bullet, 12th, 16. Richmond, 13th, 14 points. 14th, the four from Grace, four losses in a row. Sydney on 12. GWS are on 12 in 15th. North Melbourne, West Coast and Hawthorne have all lost their last five on the AFL site. They've lost more than that, I know, but just five red squares. North Melbourne are on eight. They're 16th. West Coast, 17th. Half a percent ahead of Hawthorne. And they play next week in Tassie. That ladder stands up for the Isuzu, the versatile Isuzu D-Max in the seven-seat Isuzu M-U-X. Damien is in Strathmore. G'day, Damien. G'day, Tim. How you doing, mate? Yeah, you nearly good. made me drive off the road earlier. Why? What did I when say? You said, when you said Ken Hinkley going to Richmond, Why? Why would we get rid of Dimmer in the first place? And why would we get Ken Hinckley? Uh, Jeez, well, unbelievable. Well, okay. Well, I reckon I reckon that everyone has a use-by date and they might and they might have a use-by date. Hey, Dim, Dimmer might, but there's no way we're getting Ken Hinckley, mate. There'd be 100,000 members down at Richmond absolutely ripping the place apart okay. if we went and got okay. someone like him. Okay, so who... Okay, let's just give this hypothetical. It's only hypothetical. That's what we do. Yeah. So Hardwick goes... And he coaches Port Adelaide because he's premiership player there and he, he'd be great. Right. Wherever he goes, he'd be great. Uh-huh. Who would fit the bill at Richmond? If he wanted to do it, I would definitely speak to Nathan Buckley. Um, even though he was the Collingwood coach and Richmond Collingwood are enemies, I think a lot of people respect Buckley and what he did. And he did a darn good job at Collingwood. Um, he got a lot of... A lot of um, doubters, but I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's, there seems to be all this theory about the second time around, people will do a better job. So mm, he'd be mm. definitely one I'd be looking at. I, although I might try and get the um, band back together and get all the Richmond left footers back and I'd probably get Sean Grigg, Chris Newman and <laughs> Troy, Chapl- <laughs> Troy Chaplin from Melbourne. They're all left footers. One of them could be coach and the other three can be assistants. Get Matthew Knights while you're um, at sh- sh- <laughs> No, 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 no. I don't, don't want Knighter. But um, Sean Grigg, I reckon, would be a good coach if they sure. got some good experienced people around him. But um, Nathan Buckley would probably be definitely okay. one. But Tim, Tim is not going nowhere, mate. He's not going nowhere. He's going to coach the Premiership this year. So Who for? For Richmond. Oh, please. You were going so well. You, you wait and see, mate. You wait and see, Tim. You wait and see. Second Damien, half of the year. Damien. Yeah. You, yes. You've got no hope. No, that's not true. There's no such thing as no hope, mate. There's always I'm hope. I'm telling you, you've got no hope. Uh, until it's, mathemat- until it's <laughs> mathematically impossible. You can't say that. No, right. There's no such thing as no hope. Uh, well, speak to Hawthorne, West Coast, North Melbourne, GWS. I reckon there's no hope right there. Above your team, mate, I can guarantee you that. I know who you barrack for, too. Yeah, who do I barrack for? You barrack for St Kilda. Correct. Yeah, I know. I used to listen to you back in the good old days, mate, when you were at 3UZ. <laughs> oh, wow. That's 927. A... Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past. Been to you for a long time, <laughs> uh, Mr Goffey. Oh, good on you, Dave, mate. All right, got to be careful Take what care, I say. Buddy. Good on you, legend. Thanks, mate. There's Damien from Strathmore. Uh, Richmond fan, obviously. Anyone else out there believe? Anyone else believe... In, uh, in in Richmond being a, a contender this year? I don't think so. I, look, I think it's adds some life to the comp. They beat Geelong, who were poor the other night. But it's still a big win. Still a big win. But we'll get a true test now. They take on Essendon. Essendon look a little shaky. Lost their last four. 
Ah, it's a good one. Hey, going to get a breakaway and come back. Uh, thanks to everyone who's called and text. A lot of people wanting to have a play. What song did the, the AFL Academy boys sing after they beat the Carlton VFL team yesterday? Anyone want to have a crack? I'm going to put that question to Tarkin Lockyer, the coach of the Academy team. Also get an update on Harley Reid. He's going to be the number one pick. Don't worry about that. We'll find out more on his uh, recovery after getting concussion yesterday. We'll check in with uh, Tarkin Lockyer shortly. This is Footy Fallout. Stay with us right around the network. Welcome back. Your calls, your text, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dirk's in South Bank. G'day, Dirk. Oh, good, good evening, uh, Tim. I hope you're going well, mate. As always, mate, you always, you know, you do a great show and um, do very a good job in engaging with all the the listeners that are that are listening before you fall out. I'm really sorry, mate, that your that your Saints didn't get up for you. It yeah. Seems like the Crows were a little bit too good. Yeah, they were. I'm interested, Tim, to find out your early tips for next week between sure. the Bulldogs and the Crows sure. and Fremantle and Geelong. I sure. reckon these two games are really difficult. Mm. And I'm and I know that you love talking about your footy tipping yeah. and I'm eagerly awaiting your expertise. Yeah. I got nine again on the weekend. Three weeks. Did you really? Three, oh my gosh. Three weeks in a row. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I got nine. I reckon I did okay, though. Missed it by that much. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> so, Dirk, uh, I think Fremantle beat Geelong here in Western Australia at Optus Stadium. I reckon they're, uh, they're going okay. They reckon they're going okay. They, they'll, beat, uh, they'll, beat, they'll beat Geelong. And, I, and I'm a Bulldogs fan. I've got, a, I've got a sneaking suspicion of the Bulldogs. And it's at Mars Stadium, and I, I think Adelaide will hate going there. I reckon they'll hate it. Well... Believe it or not, yeah. Tim, uh, Adelaide beat the Bulldogs there last year oh, at Mars. Well, maybe so they, I like, think that's oh, where it's oh wow, that's where it's a little bit intriguing. Oh, this but intriguing. look, the Adelaide are, are definitely uh, a completely different outfit this year compared to last year. So it's going to be a great contest. I think that one's going to be the round, uh, match of the round, Tim. Yeah, agree, agree, Dirk, agree, one hundred percent. Hey, good on you, mate. Hopefully, I helped you, but I might. But keep listening throughout the week, and I know you're an avid listener of uh, of SENWA over there in Perth, and uh, you get around. So good on you, Dirk. Always appreciate your support. You're a very positive man, and I appreciate your spin on life. Hey, Johnny's in Essendon. The big men at the pies, Johnny. What's happening there? I've got yeah. I've got Mason Cox, the next big thing. Yeah, well, Mason Cox is the next big thing. He yeah. was um, magnificent tonight, gents. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I more wanted to talk about uh, Darcy Cameron. Darcy Cameron's going to come back into the list. And um, I just think Collingwood's travelling very, very nicely. What What are your thoughts about that? Who's Who's travelling nicely? Collingwood. Oh, mate, you win the flag. Yeah, the, 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 it's, yeah. Seriously, you are... You are the team to beat. You sit atop. I've got it down to three. I just think you've got every line covered. You've got a midfield. 100%. Yeah. I don't think there's any weak links. Yeah, I've been watching Collingwood for a long time now, and the way we slice and dice through the middle, uh, hand-passing game is phenomenal. And, um, yeah, I I just think we we are the team to beat. No doubt. 100%. And, uh, yeah, it's a good call. Good on you, Johnny. Hey, Glenn's in Tullamarine. uh, He's given us a call. Hey, what's happening, Glenn? Uh, not much, guys. I've got to say, though, I'm very concerned about the underlook of this Tasmanian team in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. There is real anger in Tasmania. You've got the Labor Party completely against the stadium. You've got the Greens completely against this stadium. You've got a heap of independence against it. And now we've even got Liberal 
MPs against it. So, and the AFL, if, if they stand their ground on this and demand that the taxpayer build a stadium, they're going to get so many people in Tasmania offside. Yeah, but don't you I think, think they need? But don't you think football will be? It's not just footy. Don't forget the stadium and the precinct are not just going to be footy, but footy will be. Don't forget, it's only that's only going to be for twenty three weeks of the year. Don't you think the amount of people? I'm a long way from Tassie, but if I was a mad, passionate football fan and my team was in Tassie, I'd make a I'd make a week of it or three or four days of it. Money comes into the coffers. Everyone goes down to Tassie. They fly into the state. Surely that would be of benefit if they go to a stadium. Today, you know, 6,000 people this weekend were down there uh, watching the North Melbourne Port Adelaide game. You've got your own team with an absolutely first-rate precinct and stadium built right and built for not just footy. How good is that going to be? But they've already got two venues that are up to AFL standards. No, they're not up to standards. Bellaries are up to international cricket standards. I I mean, uh, next weekend they're playing a game in Ballarat. If Ballarat's up to AFL standards, you can't then say Bellrev isn't because Bellrev is far, far superior to... Sorry, yeah, Bellrev is far superior to... Ballarat. I mean, there's the Yeah, but you need a team. You're having a team. So it's team first. And to have the team, you need to have the stadium. You can't build a team around the two current precincts. It's it's just not viable. It's not going to work. And people will not go because they would think, well, you're not taking it seriously. Are you, you but, the can, but Glenn, you sound like you're anti stadium. You're anti stadium. I'm pro the team. I think they should set the team up. I think they should do with the Tasmanian team what they did with the LA Crows, the Brisbane Bears, the West Coast Eagles, and set them up almost straight away. Mm-hmm. They were all set up in under five months. I, I think five years is too long. It's far, far, far too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, the, the Tasmanian public don't want North Melbourne there anymore. They don't really want Hawthorne there no, anymore. No, they don't. A, a Tasmanian team would be a much, much better result. And I actually think if you do it quickly, you won't allow them to do what the Giants did and just fill the team with kids. That If you set it up next year, they'd have to get all experienced players and they would become, they'd have to be competitive straight away because they'd, they'd have a team of ex-AFL players and they would come in, they would compete. You know, to me, the Bears won six games in their first year. If you, you need to set a team up like that, and that's got to be the goal, win six to eight games, just be competitive. Mm. And I've got no doubt, it would be sold out every single week in Tasmania. Half the games in Launceston, half the games in Hobart, They'd sell it every week, and it would be a tremendous result. But this business of just playing North Melbourne's junk games there and Hawthorne's junk games there, it's no good for anyone. It's no good for Tasmanians. Mm. It's no good for North Melbourne and Hawthorne fans in Melbourne because they miss out on seeing their team. It filled I mean, their fix there. Yeah, I agree. It filled, their, it filled their fix at the time for North Melbourne and Hawthorne to be there, but it is bigger than that, and Tassie needs a team, and I believe they need a stadium, and I believe it won't be just. It's like Optus Stadium is over in Perth. Optus Stadium is not a football ground. It is a cricket ground. It is a venue that has had some of the biggest concerts that have ever been to WA, 70,000, 65,000. That's what it's going to be, and it's not just going to be what's in the stadium. It's going to be what's outside the stadium as well. I think they've got it right. I understand the pushback and I understand people say, oh, the money should be spent on on the hospitals and schools and the underprivileged. I get all that sort of stuff. But I do believe that if you have a team in Tassie at an absolute quality stadium of, say, twenty-five to 30,000, you pack it out, people will come. They don't want to go there and stand on the outer in Tassie in the bleachers and freeze their proverbial off. Good call, Glenn, and very measured way that you put it. Let's go to John from Mill Park. G'day, John. Tim, how are you? I'm good for a Sunday night, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Yeah, I agree. Mate, I just want to go back to your comment last week. 
because um, I remember it clearly, actually, when you said that Richmond were terrible yeah. and they have absolutely no hope of beating Geelong. Oh, did well, I? Did I say I that? Hang on, hang absolutely. on. Was I on here last absolutely. week? It wasn't me. Was, was it me, John? I think, well, but you, uh, do you have a brother that's, or do you have someone that's been cloned like you? Mm, sure. Um, I might have been concussed. But, uh, I just want to say <laughs> how wrong you were. I was wrong. And, uh, how bad would you long? And, wow. and I just want to say, I know the two wins don't make uh, a season, but I thought that the last 40 minutes, even though it was against West Coast, mm. but the game that Richmond played came back. And I said to everyone during the week that without Dangerfield and without Taconi, not, I'm not so, so much worried about Brad Close. They had losses that I believe they could not cover. And on Friday night, Richmond exposed them again. Their lack of speed in defence. If you kick the ball in the air, they'll outmark you and they'll start. But if you kick the ball where they have to play it on the ground, similar to Melbourne, they struggle. Geelong struggle. And Richmond showed that on Friday night. Um, that they, they, they can be beaten. And this is the same with Melbourne. This is why I believe that Brisbane, even though Collingwood's playing good footy, but I believe Brisbane are the flag favourites. And I believe Brisbane will win the flag if all their players are intact. And I don't believe Collingwood can match them. You know you lost to the Gold Coast Suns, don't you? Yes, I know. And that was, a, that was their worst result all year, actually. And you got flogged by game. Sydney. And look what happened, how bad Sydney are going. Last, last quarter of football against Sydney, we, we'd been in every game bar one, and that was against uh, the Gold Coast. But against Melbourne, for three quarters, we should have beaten Melbourne that Yeah, night. but should have, could have, would have. Um, I mean, good, good, good teams no, win, no, those, good teams win those games. Collingwood no. are a good team because they win those games. I'm, I'm not saying that Collingwood's not a good team. What I'm saying to you is if you watch the way Brisbane play mm. and if you watch the way Melbourne and Geelong, Melbourne and Mel- Geelong have got deficiencies in that back line. Their back lines are slow. Apart from a couple, if you kick the ball in the air, they will outmark you. They will intercept, and they start from there. But if you don't allow them that intercept mark, they struggle. And it was proved again on Friday night. Yeah, they were good. Richmond showed that, you know, that pressure, the pressure that was there. And I've got to say this. I understand that Jack Sinclair and a couple of others uh, are riding the mix as far as halfback. But why isn't Daniel Rioli mentioned? Yeah. Hey, I said that. I said that to my daughter, who's a, an unabashed Rioli fan, and I said, his courage, he's not the same bloke that I saw playing wide half forward three years ago. He has matured into a hard-nosed, running, skilled halfback. I think he is one of the most improved footballers in the whole competition. That I agree with. And, and I think right now, Right now, if you watch him very, very closely, he's as good as anybody by foot, speed, and his ability to jump. He's not only he's not only good on the ground; he can also take a mark overhead. Yeah. And I think this is I think this is the All Australian half back. I really do believe that. Nice and work, John. Mentioned. Nice work, and appreciate it. And thanks for reminding me that I, I must have I must have been a bit concussed. I'm pretty sure I actually ended up tipping Richmond in the tips. I'm not sure, but I might. Might have changed my mind midstream. But John's probably right. Richmond were very, very good. Um, Richmond are drunk on the now, not reality. It's quite funny. This is a text coming in. Uh, coming in. Hi, Tim. I forgot to tell you there are a lot of very angry Carlton supporters in Melbourne. Well, I do know that. I thank you, Dirk, again on the text. The guy talking about Tassie's been on here for months not wanting it. He's pro-liberal and you don't know it. Oh, I could sort of got a, I got a feel, but I don't know if he's liberal. I don't really care who he votes for. But 
He made some sense. He wants the team, but he doesn't believe building a stadium is key. Joe says, hey, Cossage, uh, is the Tassie team going to play 23 home games? It'll be 12 and 11. The deal is a shame in Albanese buying votes, Joseph. Uh, no, Joseph. Um, it's, it's, Albanese's contributing to it. There's, there's a Tassie government involved in there. The AFL has been involved in there, and I think the team in Tassie is important. I mean, people didn't want, people didn't want Optus Stadium when it was built. That was Colin Barnett, who was the Liberal Premier at the time, did all the setting up of all the infrastructure. Mark McGowan was in, in power from the Labor Party when it was finally built, and he's, he was anti the stadium too. It's all politics. It's all shuffling of seats. Don't, don't get too, too pent up about it. It's a, it's a footy stadium. They're not going to knock down hospitals and schools to build it. Anyway, Steve of Geelong, oh, I recently returned from a trip to Tassie and was surprised to find out that the Hobart Showground Stadium and surrounding infrastructure is soon to be demolished and rebuilt. There you go. Phew, lucky it wasn't a hospital. Why isn't this area considered for a multi-purpose stadium that could also be used for AFL games? Not sure, Steve. Don't leave in Tassie. All I want is a team and a good stadium. That's all I want. I know it's a very simplistic view, but I'm a bit over all the politics and the paper shuffling. Just get on with it, would you? one three hundred seven three six seven three six or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixty. I'm going to get a breakaway because Tarkin Lockie is waiting for us. Going to chat with Tarkin. He's the boss of the AFL Academy, and they beat the Carlton Reserves yesterday, their VFL team, and Harley Reid got concussion. And I want to check out how Harley Reid is travelling. This man will know. Former Pie Tarkin Lockyer, the head of the AFL Academy. That's next. Welcome back to Footy Fallout on a Sunday night. Big winners today, of course, being Collingwood, a significant win over GWS and Adelaide over St Kilda. But let's turn our attention to maybe next week and maybe next year. And I talk of some of the prospects coming through the ranks and, of course, through the AFL Academy and uh, in charge of the AFL Academy is Tarkin Lockyer, a name synonymous to the AFL. Uh, Tarkin, appreciate your time and uh, thanks for joining us on Footy Fallout. No, nah, no worries, Tim. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, obviously, uh, well, first one. Let's let's get the let's let the cream get out the way. Collingwood, top of the ladder tonight. <laughs> now they played really well. They're they're um, pretty exciting to watch at the moment. The Pies they're playing a great brand of footy. Obviously, the uh, the defence and the pressure on the ball is amazing. They look like they're playing with so much freedom in offence. So um, yeah, no. Nah. Really good, to, really good to watch, and, and clearly when they're sitting at the top of the ladder, it's um, going pretty well. I made a pretty bold statement on social media, as I'm prone to do, and also at the start of the show, and suggest that Mason Cox is starting to put himself up as one of the key big men of the competition, just shy of 100 games, but his significant impact on today's game was uh, Brownlow-esque-like, uh, three votes somewhere along the line. <laughs> it, it put Nick Dacos in the shade. Uh, yeah, he uh, he did really well, Mason. He's, he's obviously... You know, on on a on his own sort of journey, and I think he's actually nearing a hundred games, mm-hmm. hundred games now. So he's got a fair bit of experience behind him. Um, but yeah, watching today's game, particularly his first half, I thought he uh, he impacted the game really well. So um, look, he, like all of the players, you know, winning winning is um, fantastic, and for him to have the confidence at the moment that he looks like he's playing with. Um, doing some significant stuff around the ground, which is fantastic. All righty, let's get into what we've got you on for. Tark and Lockyer, our guests, the AFL Academy. A four-point win over Carlton and their VFL, VFL side, so the Blues seconds. And it was a team that's made up of names that we know in the AFL system. Lockie O'Brien, Lockie Fogarty, Jack Martin, Ben Ronkick for Jack Carroll. But you got the job done. You had a win. You must have been very pleased. One for the win. <laughs> Not that it really matters too much, but also just for some of the boys to get some experience against bigger bodies and bigger men and blokes with AFL experience. Yeah, no, it was it was terrific. And the, for the players to go out and play the way they did, um, a really unselfish brand of footy, but the contest, 
the contest itself was was really good, and um, we, we're really appreciative of the Carlton Footy Club and um, giving us the opportunity to play against their VFL team. Um, I thought the I thought the the game itself it was it was terrific to have as you as you mentioned you know um, up to ten sort of AFL experienced players playing in the game, and for our boys the way they acquitted themselves we. We played as, as a part of gather round a couple of weeks ago and played against Port Adelaide's Sandful team and, uh, and got beaten by a couple of goals in that game. But the learning that we took from that um, and then some of the strategies to implement into this game and the learning that we took was um, for the players to come out and actually um, show some improvement and connect a little bit better together after you know one performance uh, was terrific. So to get the win, I think, is, is good. But really for us, it's about... Um, trying to prepare them for, for AFL footy and the, the learnings that they'll take away from that are, are gold. Very much so. So there's a few elements to this, and we're talking about the AFL Academy. What blokes are eligible to play in this game? Are they only blokes who can be drafted next year, or do you, or do you run a bit younger than that as well? Uh, all, of the, all of the players uh, in our AFL Academy squad this year are, are draft eligible this year. Um, so we actually had 30, we had 30 players, and all of them, all of them were, were available, none, none injured. So trying to manage the, the rotations of the bench was quite a challenge. I'm sure it's hard enough with 22, let alone 30. <laughs> uh, but the unselfish nature of the way that the players played the game was, was terrific. So we knew we were going to have, a, a, have some pretty fresh legs. Um, but they, they shared the load really well. And I think for the players, uh, they really bonded, bonded well together. This was our third, our third time of having the players together. Um, and as I said, it was our second game. But for them to come together in a really short um, space of time was terrific to see, and I think they'll um, they'll remember the experience for a long time. Uh, 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 take this for what it's worth. What was the song, mate? What song do you sing after a win? <laughs> they actually sung the national anthem, which was uh, which was quite interesting. They they were up and about. The the energy in the in the change rooms after the game was. Um, it was quite electric, actually. But the the gusto in which the Australian anthem was sung—I've uh, never heard it sort of sung like that. But the uh, it was a pretty cool rendition. That is really cool to know. That is absolutely fantastic. Hey, mate, a bit to come out of the game now. Next weekend, Hawthorne takes on West Coast, and it, whether we say this, and you know where this is going, they're all saying this could be the Harley Reid Cup, and whoever loses gets their <laughs> first dibs on him. I want to ask him about about him and your involvement with him and what you've noticed. But more importantly, how's he feeling? Have you checked in on him today? Did you got a bit of concussion yesterday? I'm told. Yeah, look, Harley Harley copped a little bit of a head knock. Uh, I think midway through the third quarter of yesterday's game, and really fortunate for us and and for Harley and his family, uh, our medical our medical staff and our wellbeing team did a did an amazing job in supporting him and and the family. Uh, so they were down in the rooms really quickly after the incident. Uh, Harley Harley was fine. He ended up coming back out onto the bench, copped a bit of a knock to the to the jaw, but he'll um, he'll go into the concussion protocols like any other player. Um, and we'll be well supported with that. Um, but yeah, the, the support that we put around him was was terrific, and certainly for the family, I'm sure they will put it at ease. Um, oh, I spoke to him today, and he's feeling really good. He was obviously, um, you know, took it pretty easy last night. He actually went home. He he left camp and went back home with his family, so um, he was in a in a really good place. But um, unfortunate for him, he's he uh, he was playing a, a, a great game. He's obviously put put together a pretty good uh, front half of the year. Um, and there's a lot of hype about Harley, but he's um, he's going really well. We're really pleased with where he's at at the moment. So, so far out from the draft, and his name just keeps popping up. He is a standout. He's a man amongst boys, and I get all that. You know him. You, you feel for him. You talk to him. You're connected to him. How does he deal with this? And is he does he deal with 
the notoriety well? Do you think he's got level? He's got a level head on his shoulders. How is who's around him to suggest, mate? Focus. Uh, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge, or do you think it's a fait accompli? He'll go one. Oh, look, Harley's um, Harley is a really a really down to earth kid. Um, he's from a, a small country town uh, called Tongala, um, and so he what he, what he has to do to travel to Bendigo to to perform every week is a real credit to him and his family. Um, but as as such, he he's really humble. A really humble young man, um, really respectful, and and also really mindful that he he's on a journey like every other player. He's he's un, under no illusion. Like he's doing some really cool really cool things, but he's he's still got a long way to go before he's ready for AFL AFL footy. And we know that um, every player that participates, you know, in the in the talent pathway, the gap between underage football and and what the AFL is asking, there's a significant gap. Uh, so he's he's working towards that, and the the beauty of it is. Uh, between Bendigo Pioneers, between Vic Country and, and myself, all of the coaches, we're all on the same page. We're all talking. And Harley's really buying in that we've, we've got the same message for him all the time. So he's, uh, he's really clear on where he's at. And we're really comfortable where he's at. Uh, but he knows he's still got work to go. So um, we feel like he's in a, in a really good place. And certainly he's building a, um, a really good campaign. Tucker Lockyer, our guest on Footy Fallout on the SEN Network. Is it unfair to compare him to anybody? And if you can compare him, I mean, I I read, but I don't really absorb that stuff. But you're at the you're, you're at the connection with him. <laughs> the way he goes about it, someone similar age that you may have seen in the past. Oh, look, it, it, the, what what the footy fans uh, want to hear and what the what the public want to hear are the are the comparisons. Um, but for Harley, he's he is unique. He's he's his own he's his own man. Um, and some of the, some of the traits that you see, you see some of the power, you see some of the speed, and you see some of the contest work that he does. You can compare that to, to some of the really great players around the competition. Um, but what he does is is a little bit different. Like he's his own he's his own unique sort of personality. So uh, he will be different. But wherever it, wherever he's lucky to sort of end up, um, I'm sure he's going to acquit himself really well. He's a great he's a great kid. He was. Really fortunate over the last. Funnily enough, he actually played VFL football over the last two weeks with Carlton. Yeah. So, um, which was a bit, a little bit strange. So he's gone from from teammates to enemies, I suppose. Um, but the the way he was able able to assimilate into their program and, and be welcomed in, um, he he fitted in seamlessly. So he'll um, wherever he ends up, he's going to fit in really well. I think. Last couple for you, and we appreciate it. So, uh, do you think he could live in WA? It's a long way from Bendigo, and where is it? Where is it? Tongaronga or Tangaroo? Where, where is Tong, it? Tongala. 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 It's a long way from Tongala. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> look, it, I'm sure he'll fit in anywhere. And there's no, um, there's actually no, there's no guarantees on a whether he's going to be the number one pick, um, and b who's going to have it. So we saw, obviously, we saw last year with um, Aaron Cabman and GWS that they didn't necessarily hold the hold the first pick of the draft uh, at the end of the season, but they ended up with a with a pick after trading and what and whatnot. So um, who knows? This the, the sort of trade period and everything that goes on before the draft is quite interesting, and, and particularly given the fact that Tassie um, have been granted a, a license. Mm. So it's going to be amazing to see what the club is going to do to try and position themselves over the next couple of years. Very true, and that's my question. Before I get on to another boy by the name of Jake Rogers, who was one of the standouts in yesterday's game, I want to ask you about that. You've got a job for life now at the academy because Tassie coming in, <laughs> this is this is a 15-year role you've got now, presenting players coming through the academy to enter predominantly in a funnel right through to Tassie. You must be excited. Oh, I'm really excited. And every year, 
uh, like year on year. So we sort of feel, and, and in the talent and in the national group particularly, an eye on not just this year's crop, um, but also, you know, what do the next couple of years look like for us? And I'm really fortunate I work across both boys and girls programs. And the, the talent that's coming through the under-16s programs and the bottom-age players this year in particular, it's really exciting for the future. And, and obviously with the announcement around Tasmania, um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of opportunities and more opportunities for young for young players to get onto an AFL list. Um, so our, our job now, we've got to get to work. We've got to make sure that they're ready. So... Um, it's, it's great to have those picks, but we've got to um, got to make sure that the players are um, ready for AFL footy. Tell us about Jake Rogers in a nutshell. Yesterday, 26 disposals, four clearances, described as a dominant midfield, showing he won the Academy Medal for the best player in the game. Tell us a bit about Jake Rogers. Yeah, Jake Rogers is a, a young young fella from the Gold Coast Sun, um, part of the Gold Coast Academy. So they, they get priority access to to Jake, along with another couple of players in our academy as well, with Ethan Reid and um, and Jed Walter as well, who are both um, really highly rated prospects. So Gold Coast have got some, some good problems to have at the moment. They've got three uh, likely really high-end draft picks. So it'll be interesting to see how they um, how they manage their draft points or picks and all that sort of stuff to see where they can match bids, hopefully. I saw them play West Coast the other night. They were very good, uh, the Gold Coast Suns, and you know, without Took Miller and a couple of others, they're tracking in the right direction, I've got a feeling. Hey, before I let you go, Tarkin Lockyer has been our guest from the AFL Academy. Um, in, what do you do now with the Academy? How, before, when do you play again? When do you get a chance to, to mix it with some uh, bigger teams, like a, another VFL team? <laughs> so, uh, funnily enough, that's the last time that we'll have this group together wow. uh, as a whole. Um, and the reason that we do that is, sort of front-end front end a lot of the contact points with the players so they can, as I said, take the learnings and the education experience away with them. So they'll fall back into their state programs now. Uh, we've got national championships coming up over the next um, weeks and months. Uh, but their academy experience doesn't, uh, doesn't end. Uh, what, we, what we continue to do is support the players, keep trying to educate them, and um, whatever, whatever they need back in their state programs, we'll continue to support them in um, in preparation for this year's combine and draft. Thanks for taking time out to speak to us on SEN and, and uh, footy fallout on a Sunday night, Mother's Day night, the end of a, a busy weekend of footy, mate. And I'm sure by the end of it and by the time the draft comes around, you might be sick and tired of about talking about Harley Reid. <laughs> no, no worries, Tim. Thanks so much. There's Dark and Lockyer joining us from the AFL Academy. This is Footy Fallout. What are your thoughts? Give us a call on Harley Reid or anyone else on Footy Fallout on a Sunday night. That it is. The match review results are in too, uh, excluding today's game. So I'll get to those shortly. All I'll say is a couple of suspensions and $23,000 in fines. Let's go to Adam, who's listening in Frio on the SEN app, I'm sure. Wants to talk about Peter Sumich and comments he wrote in the uh, local paper over there, Sean Darcy. Good on you, Adam. Thanks for calling. No worries. Um, Tim, do you reckon that if you're in the media you should sort of be held to account the same as sort of you should be able to cop a little bit back if, you know, if, if you dish it out yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, Peter Sumich, what do you think about those comments? Okay. So, well, I had the conversation with Scotty Cummings on breakfast the other day. I think it was Thursday I read them. And Scotty was giving me, oh, that's just, that's his opinion and I said, no, the article is actually written as fact. If you read the article, it says in the article, for those who are listening on the East Coast, Peter Summich, former West Coast Eagle, writes a column in the West Australian, and this is what Adam is talking about. He talked about Sean Darcy telling 
looking for a new manager, looking to go back to Victoria, says the club's not on a premiership track, being unhappy. And it's not written. It was not written as hearsay. It was actually written as fact. If you have a re- if you read the article, so it was not an opinion based. It was actually an article uh, written about with knowledge. Um, the mm. the Fremantle Football Club have come out and completely dismissed it straight away. I haven't heard from Sean Darcy in regards to it. I think though, I'm sure he'll get around to it. So whether it's true or what not, what about his manager? Did you hear his manager today? No, I did not hear his manager today. Okay, so Scott Lucas has come out. Oh, we tried to speak to we. Uh, sorry, we spoke to Scott Lucas off air. Sorry, Adam. We spoke to Scott Lucas yeah. last Thursday, and he we spoke to him. He said, "Look, I haven't seen it, but I've been what I've been told. Take it to the bank. None of it is true." Yeah, he came out today. Yep. Yeah. So he's been emphatic. Yep. And he's quite. Annoyed at the lack of uh, integrity behind it, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I just think it's a bit indicative. Look, uh, look, I'm going to out myself. I can't stand the way Simish operates. And uh, I think he's found the, the Hagdorn spot in the Perth media. And I think the West Australian is really disappointing in in the way that, you know, you're probably the same age as me. You've seen the Jeff Christians and mm-hmm. Mark Duffield. Mm-hmm. John Townsend's, and now he seems to be the poster boy. And, and if that's where we're at, it's like that I lived in the UK for six years. It's like the Sun or the Daily Mail. Yep. You pick it up and you're just like, and if that's where we're at and if that's where Peter's finally found his niche, well, he critiques people, but I'm sorry, there's a lack of intelligence there and it's disappointing that that's what we are credited as well as readers and as a having a lack of intelligence. And if that's where the West is, I think it's... Yeah, it's just that TikTok 30 seconds, you know, when people get on TikTok, they want to get noticed in 30 seconds and be as controversial as they can say, and that's just what it is every day. And I just think um, it's about time people sort of come out and put a bit of, bit of heat back, and it's probably not us. It's probably people in the media. I liked the other day when people uh, came back out at Kane Corns and said, you know, he didn't like it, Kane didn't like it, but, you know, if, you, if you're going to... Live by the sword, then you've got to cop a bit and back. He does. You dish up, that's yeah. what he. That's what he yeah. does. Yeah, he, does, he, does. He, does he does a lot he of does. research. Yeah. He does a lot of research to his stuff. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to. Agree. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, I will say I'll this. I will I'll say give... this to you, Adam. Just yeah. in regards to the West yeah. uh, and and the Peter Swimich articles and his opinions and whatever the way the mm-hmm. paper is coming across as a tabloid style, it is, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is. There's no we can't move that. It's, it has changed from the days that I worked there for many years, and even the yeah. days when Mark Duffield. That's Mark Duffield's a part of the SEN team now. But I will say this: there is a way that you can react on that, and as not buy it and don't don't click on it. And step away from it. Oh, I don't click on it. <laughs> the only reason I see it is you see it through tweets or, yeah, sure. you know, when people cut and paste, uh, what do you got, screenshot it or yeah. whatever. I can't yeah. bring myself to uh, do it anymore. <laughs> and, it's, and look, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, it, you know, we accept that it's changed and we don't have a paper in the West we can get hold of. Um, you know, but this year it's taken another level. You know, and maybe it's gone from... Uh, the Daily Telegraph to the Sun. Appreciate your talk, um, call. You know. Appreciate your call. Yeah, <laughs> you've, and thank you. Thank you for your input and thank you for your patience and, and thanks for letting us call you back. So there's Adam from uh, Frio over in Perth. And yeah, if you lived, uh, look, for, the, for those who are on the, for the, the best part of our audience is predominantly Victorian based, but he, we do have a paper that has gone down the tabloid line. Peter Swimish has penned a, a number of articles that have uh, just seems to be wow. Um, he doesn't just pen them. He obviously has someone ghostwriting for him as well. Um, I like the blokes who work at the West. I'm a proud 
person who worked at the West, my whole family worked at the West. I don't read the West like I used to because I don't do that style. But anyway. Uh, David from Tassie has given us a call. Oh, sorry, Richmond, who wants to talk about Tassie. G'day, David. Thanks for calling. Oh, hi, Tim. Tim. Um, I, I did grow up in Tassie, but I've been in Melbourne the last 25 years. Um, I'm just thinking, I mean, watching this whole political thing just unravel in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. I saw this coming months ago. But I know they really rushed it through with the, the announcement of a new team and the provision of this stadium, but... Everyone I speak to down in Tassie talks about, I don't know, we, I'm not sure we can afford this, the amount of debt that the government's going to have to take on. And um, I don't want to get too much into government debt and so forth, but living here in Victoria, I don't know if you know what's going on here, a lot of our projects are now being questioned as well because the government's got themselves in a bit of a, a, bit of a bad way with probably too much borrowing and now it's starting to cause a lot of issues with finances and stuff. I don't want to see that same thing landed on Tasmania because it's not a wealthy state, and it's certainly not like Western Australia, which is a very wealthy state. Is ACL just better off just saying, all right, go fix up your two stadiums, we're going to give you a team, and we'll just move on from here? Because I feel like if they keep pushing this stadium, the whole thing is just going to collapse and nothing is going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the AFL comes in. I think. I think obviously, uh, with regards to you know the, the the federal government funding of 240 million dollars, it was paramount. No t- no stadium, no team. So the AFL was guided by. But they've made a, a, a token of uh, of funding and the development, the grassroots of footy. Um, I'm probably because I'm. I, I could not say to anyone who has an opinion in regards to whether this is going to unravel and whether it's a waste of money and whether they're going to get their money back and it's going to be too costly. And it seems a lot of people have um, – seems like there's a, a campaign when everyone seems that there's some negativity to this. Everyone sort of chimes in and has very measured approach to it. And I always think that this seems to be scripted about this campaign at the moment. And um, – let me tell you, I've been there, done that, and having lived in Perth, everyone was happy with Subi Oval. Yeah, it needed to be needed to be made better and put some some spent some money on it. But once you get a stadium like the one they've got over in Perth, Optus Stadium, and it gets funded by a corporate Optus, and you get the same happening over there, you will people the antis will probably look and go, oh yeah, we we tried hard to 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 not have it built, and we thought at the time we were pushing the right barrow, but there's no protest. There was no virtually no protest here. In fact, I can't remember there ever being a protest. It might have been forty people up at Parliament House. Oh, look, I'm not in Tassie. I don't understand the lay of the land in regards to how tough life is. I just want Tassie to have a team. And if Tassie has a team, they need a stadium. I, I, it's as simple as that for me. I'm not Neil Mitchell, and I'm not you know um, Jared Waitley, and I'm not you know any of those talkback people that can put a different measured approach on it. I just. I hear it. I hear both sides, but my argument will always be build a stadium, they'll come, and you won't have any regrets, and hopefully money will come through. Consolidated uh, money will come flying through, and you can build the next ho- uh, hospital and the best, I can say hotel uh, for accommodation. Uh, you can hospital and, and, and funding of schools and stuff like that. I didn't realise Tassie was on the bones of its ass, but everyone keeps telling me that it is. Anyway, a break. Stat Stuffers is on the way, and I'll go through the MRO too, and Gostradamus. So we've got a lot to get through. Thanks for calling. Sige. On Footy Fallout, Stats Stuffers. Yeah, 
baby. Thanks to Mark McGowan and the age. It is time for Stat Stuffers. Who dominated the stat sheet over the round, round nine? Now, Braden in Ballarat got very, very cranky and he ended up sending us his email because he wants to get an answer. And in case he rang and he said, if he had 41 possessions, Nick Dacos, and it has been updated on the AFL site, the one I was looking at, they only had him down for 37, but he must have got three late. 41 disposals and 18 of those were, 11 were contested, like 10 were contested. And then there was a differential of four that were not under the uncontested possessions or the contested possessions. The mail I've got, Braden, please don't take this to the bank, but I reckon I've nailed it, that an uncontested possession is in the field of play and a contested possession, as we know, is a contested possession. And the disparity and the gap is kick-ins. They are not counted as any, they're not counted as uncontested and they're not counted as disposal. So he has stepped out of the square because if you step out of the square, it becomes a possession, but that is not an uncontested possession and it is not a contested possession. So that is the disparate. Thank you. Anyway, disposals for the round. Nick Dacos, 41. Is, it gonna, is he going to get the three Brownlow votes? I don't know. Mason Cox will get the Brownlow votes, I reckon. Errol Goulden had 39. Tom Mitchell, 36 today. Lockie Neal, 34. Clayton Oliver, 34. Uh, also, Stephen Cornelio, 33. Jordan Dawson, 33. And Caleb Sarong had 33. Goals of the round as we staff the stat sheet. Uh, stat the stuff the stat sheet, not stat the stuff sheet. Yeah, all right. Missed mate. it by that much. Yep. Joe Danaher, uh, he kicked six. Taylor Walker, can't believe he's still racking up the goals. How good is he going? Five. Ben King, four. Larky, four. Dustin Martin kicked four. Lockie Schultz kicked four. Three to Trent Cotchin. Elliot, Finlayson, Hawkins, Higgins, Hogan, all the H's, uh, not H's, H's, and Jackson, Luke Jackson, three. Owies, three. And Scott, three. So I just wanted to take you now to the the season goal kicking for the Coleman medal, as they call it. And... Um, Again, Jeremy Cameron on top, 34. Charlie Curnow, 33. Jeremy's brother, Charlie, 26. Tom Hawkins, 26. Oscar Allen in the bad team, 24. Joe Danaher, a big leap into the top five. He's also on 24. And Larky on 23. Taylor Walker also on 23. Now, the stat stuffers, um, how are we going for a break? When do we need to get a break away here? Uh, Hello? In a minute. Okay, rightio. I better be quick then because this is very important. Um, I go click over that and then click on that there and then click over to that there. Tackles of the round. I love a good tackle. Uh, Matt Rouse, 17. Ruben Jimby, 16. Both in the same game. And Tim Taranto had 12. And hit outs. Let's get the staffing, the stat stuffing sheets. Todd Goldstein had 56. Rowan Marshall, 49. 48 to Mark Pitanay. And Jared Witz also had 48. They are the stat stuffers. Uh, after the break, we'll come back. Gostradamus, I'll give you the tips for the round. Yes, I am a good tipster. And I'll also give you the... MRO results, 23,000 in fines, two suspensions, 11 players charged, who they were, what they did wrong. That's on the way. This is footy fallout. On footy fallout, Gostradamus. For those who don't know, uh, I'm a tipping genius and I, I get my crystal ball out and I give it a big polish before and I, and I do my tips early. We had it with Mark McClure earlier. He didn't quite fall into the line of, you know, really putting the proverbials on the line. Michael has texted in. Michael, thank you for your text. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you was great tipster, you wouldn't have to work, Timothy. Been a great show. So Michael whacks me. He, he punches me. Yeah, yeah. And then he gives me a, a bit of a, a bouquet, you know, which is fantastic on Mother's Day. I appreciate that. Um, I'll go to watch the uh, footy in Tassie, says Curtis, as long as they don't have a marathon at the same time like Gold Coast versus the Pies. Um, 
Hey, guys, I'm a WA person living in the east. What do you think about the amount of injuries across the comp? Amazing. You should – I mean, I know Mark um, – Incredible the amount of injuries that some of these teams are sustaining. Hey, let's get the tips out anyway. Round 10, and I'll give you the MRO. A lot of people wanting to know if their team been punished at the tribunal. 24 charges. Um, 23 grand, should I say. Lots of charges. 11. And a couple of suspensions. I know. Hey, here comes Tassie. They're just going to rack up the money for the Tasmania. Team David Mundy kicked six yesterday. West Coast should, West Coast should actually have a crack at him. Port Adelaide and Melbourne. Have we got the button ready to build? So this is Gostradamus. Yeah, thank you. Rightio, I'm going for Melbourne to win that game Friday night. Thank you. Uh, Sydney will rebound and bounce back at Marvel against North Melbourne. They'll win easy, the Swans. Western Bulldogs and the Crows. This is at uh, Mars Bar Stadium. I'm going for Bulldogs. Then I'm going to go for Fremantle Saturday afternoon. I'm not going to be at the game. I'm going to a wedding. Fremantle are going to beat Geelong. And that's a bit of value in your market right there. I think Fremantle are good. I think they're coming good. No, that's, no that's a, that was a wrong statement. I don't think they're great. No, that was, I apologise. I'll come back on that. I do think they're going well. So there you go. Um, Brisbane will beat Gold Coast, but only just. Essendon, uh, Essendon, sorry, sorry, Essendon taking on Richmond. I'll go for the Tigers. Never write the Tigers off, guys. Uh, you do that at your own peril. Uh, Hawthorne taking on West Coast. Seriously, could be a nil-all draw. <laughs> Hawthorne for me. Carlton taking on Collingwood. Collingwood win easy, MCG next week. And GWS and St Kilda. I'm a Saints man. I've been for St Kilda since 1973. I'm tipping the Giants. How much does that add up to? Is that all? $7.01? Whackety-whack-whack. I tip Fremantle, you blokes. That's bulldash. Go to the data, put the data back in and tell me that you guys have made a mistake. That is, I'm not taking that bet. Always gamble responsibly. Where's my sheet? Here. What are you really gambling with? Don't forget, uh, for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I suggest don't take that multi because if that's all it's paying, that's an issue. Oh, oh the website. We're blaming the website. Come roll. Thank you. Mark Hell in Tasmania says he actually tipped nine this weekend. $69.93. Lucky I checked. You nuffies who know nothing about punting. $7.01. <laughs> you thought it was low. Anyway, you are low. Rightio. Um, no bulldust. I tipped nine last week. Um, someone's, I don't know, someone's texted in. Um, Tim, didn't you pick West Coast to beat Gold Coast? You're dud. Yeah, no, nah, I thought they could win. Oh, there's a lot of anger out there about the tips. I got how many did I get last week, guys? Go! Uh, six. All right, I thought I got nine. Go on, bitch! Right. bitch! All right, stop. Now I've got to get these out of the way just quickly. Tom Atkins, Geelong made contact with an umpire, got fined fifteen hundred. Mabia Chol, he tripped Tim Kelly, got fined fifteen hundred. Liam Duggan, rough conduct on Alex Davies, careless, low impact, high contact, three grand. Nick Blakey, Sydney, struck Josh Tracy, got him into form, $3,000 fine. Aiden Core got a week, of course he would. He struck Ollie Lord, his first offence, one match. Cam Zerha, rough conduct on Jason Horn Francis. He got three grand for roughing him up. It was always going to happen. Sam Butler, oh, 
Sam Butler, the premiership player for West Coast, he just got fined. Uh, striking, no, that's the Hawthorne Sam Butler, three grand. Lloyd Meek got $5,000 for a second kneeing offence in the ruck. He got Max Gorn five grand. He'd retire. Tom, Tom Sparrow got a match for careless conduct on Will Day. Oscar McInerney tripped Jai Cordwell, got 1500 And Paddy Cripps, he got misconduct that he doesn't say what he did. Misconduct towards Bailey Smith. Oh, yeah, he did something. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. He did something. It wasn't good. Anyway, but it wasn't that the end of the world. Hey, good show, lads. Always gets a bit loose late. The average margin, 46 points round nine, is the highest in a nine-game round since 2018 round nine. There you go. Hey, colours. Okay, something to do with round nine because today was round nine as well. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mums out there and future mums as well. Been a lot of fun. What time we? What time do I stop talking? Many seconds. 20 seconds, thank you. Uh, well done, Ben. Well done, Chris. And thank you to everyone who texted and called in our show. We do it every Sunday for two hours, footy fallout. One day the bosses will listen and tell us we're doing a good job. In the meantime, tune in to breakfast. Goodbye. Till next week.